What's up, guys? I'm Matt. I'm Will, and this is the Carolina Way Podcast. Bernard to the 40. Will they catch him? Inside the 20. Giovanni Bernard. Tar Heels are the national dadgum champions. The ceiling is the roof. That's what it's all about right there. That's on the floor. That's on your shirt. That's in your heart. That's why we're all here. Will, it's been another interesting week in Carolina sports. Uh, We have a lot to talk about, different things. You know, basketball season's over, so it's not just as heavily involved with basketball now. We're going to talk a little bit of football now and uh, go fund me sports. But we do want to start out with basketball. Yeah, I mean, this is a big-time podcast. We were in the dumps last week. We're in a much better frame of mind. The intro music is already back. I wouldn't have thought this. Um, And maybe it's because of the turnaround of the UNC basketball program. Because last week, people were calling for Roy's head. Um, All these guys are going to be transferring. But the greatest news of all, Caleb Love is actually coming back. Yeah, Caleb Love is coming back. The point guard for the first time in, uh, you know, three years, we have a returning point guard. Starting point guard. So returning yeah. starting point guard, yeah. And really big, maybe the biggest thing, no matter what happens from here forward, uh, that will happen for this team. We needed that. And he also had great games against Duke. Yeah. He had, in the biggest moments, even in the tournament, that no one necessarily played great, but in our biggest games of the regular season, at least, he was playing phenomenal. Yeah, pretty much promises another sweep of Duke next year. I, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and call it, Will. I mean, it seems seems that way, and Duke's losing some guys transferring, too. So their team's not looking, you know, stunning for next year. So maybe Caleb Love coming back is, you know, two sweeps in a row. And part of that is also when, like, you go to bed, wake up the next day, and see that the grass is not necessarily green or on the other side, that yeah. – Sure, Walker Kessler was leaving with, like, for his situation, he thought that was best. But Caleb Love, what other school we're going to be going to, getting you know starting point guard minutes? Yeah. Whatever school you go to, you you wouldn't necessarily be like the head coach's guy either. Like they don't necessarily owe you anything because they didn't even recruit you from the beginning. So um, we saw that this past weekend with Creighton losing to Gonzaga O'Connell. Um, comes off the bench a little bit, like does not get many minutes at all. I feel like he played more minutes at Duke when he was even younger, but goes to another program, mid-major, I guess thinking he was going to get a whole lot more time, and it backfired on him. It looks like, for us at least, unless he's just happy he got under Coach K's wing, which is (laughs) fine. I would understand understand that. He actually still might be winning the the divorce. but You know, uh, a lot of guys take a, a bet on themselves, and no matter where you go, a lot maybe these guys don't realize, maybe they do, I don't know. Maybe they just wanted a better situation for themselves mentally or whatever, but no matter where you go, you have to be uh, you know, a top eight player to play college basketball, whatever team you're on. It doesn't matter if you're at Duke or at Creighton. You have to be top eight to get real minutes. And uh, you know, I think a lot of these guys are going to realize that when they leave, that maybe where they were at was just as good. And it sounds like, from what we were hearing, that Caleb Love's decision was kind of made up in the exit interview with Roy, and that was something that, from what we can tell, Walker Kessler didn't necessarily do with Roy, that, as I told you, he was, or we found out last week, he was moving out from Rams Village during the day and then met with Roy that night, I guess, for what ended up being the exit interview. So his mind was already made up at that point, but at least Caleb Love went into this with an open mind. And from what I can tell from, like, some articles and stuff that, 
Caleb Love took a little bit of, um, I guess, onus on the season. Maybe like some, I wouldn't even call it poor performance, but not getting to like uh, NBA draft lottery potential after one year on himself a little bit, and that it wasn't necessarily on Roy um, all the way. Yeah, and his dad uh, seemed to either hear the full story of what really happened maybe this year, Caleb maybe admitted some things, or either just really enjoyed the meeting with with uh, Roy because his dad has suddenly become the biggest Carolina basketball fan on Twitter. And uh, when Caleb announced he was staying, he posted 1957, 1982, 1993, you know, complete 360 or 180. Yeah, he so. completely switched up on us. Yeah. Um, and then moving on, you mentioned Kessler a little bit. This That's will be right. our last thing we might ever say about Walker Kessler on this podcast. But, Will, I know you wanted to speak on Hansberg's thoughts this week in his own podcast, Sleep Hulk Worldwide. I'll, I'll give him a little shout-out, Will, even though, we, <laughs> even though they haven't invited us on it yet. Not but, yet. But, uh, yeah, so Hansberg had some thoughts on Walker Kessler. Yeah, well, first of all, with Walker Kessler, this is also on Twitter where a Walker Kessler stan account. So we're still also going to be talking about Walker Kessler in the future, Hall of Famer, NBA, like all pro, right? Yeah. Not going anywhere from the Carolina <laughs> Way podcast. But here's what Tyler Hansborough said. On Kessler, the transfer doesn't make sense to any thoughtful person that believes a player with NBA aspirations should work to become the best and eventually most productive player they can be. That development means maximizing your strengths and working on your weaknesses. A Hall of Fame coach with three national championships and a long list of players to make a roster in the NBA knows more about how to do that than your dad. Mm. Mm. And that's exactly what we all thought pretty much happened, that his parents, specifically his dad, really played the role in Kessler leaving. He loved UNC Franklin Street, but he didn't... He wasn't living in Chapel Hill every day. He's been living in Georgia. So he's more taken out from the situation. He was just thinking out of what he saw, honestly, um, at each game. Like, yeah. he, he didn't even see any practices. Yeah. Listen, if anybody knows the power of the Carolina program, knows the power of Roy Williams, it is Tyler Hansborough. He knows what he asks of his players and expects out of his players and how well he can – you know, make a better life for his players, honestly. So most people say this, I go, okay, like, you know, don't speak on that because you don't know. Tyler Hansborough knows. Tyler Hansborough knows what it means to be a Carolina basketball player and the trials and tribulations that come with that. So I liked Hansborough's thoughts on it, and I thought he has the right right to say them. But moving on yep, uh, so. from, from Kessler, our past big man, we do have a little bit of news on, well, maybe our past big man again, Will. Sterling Manley transferred this week from the University of North Carolina. Yeah, and we kind of already saw this coming a little bit, even though we didn't want to jump the gun too much. We acknowledged him on the Senior Day podcast leading up to Duke that you know he was kind of in this class, so we still acknowledged him, but we didn't necessarily say he was going to leave. But now it's official that he is entering the transfer portal. It makes perfect sense. 
We've been spot on with these predictions, Will. I, mean, I have to say, we just throw them out here and there. We don't really talk too much about them. But I don't know if we've been greatly wrong on anything yet. But it, it sucks to lose Manley just because he always was – I've met him a few times. He always was nice to me, nice around campus, to different people I've heard, you know, always a smile and face, a nice person. Um, and not all basketball players are like that. Some were shy, timid, which is understandable. But he always seemed great. So losing him as just a student at Carolina sucks. Um, but I hope he has great success wherever he goes. Um, well, speaking of him as a student, I've actually just thought about this. But out of my eight semesters at UNC, I've had him in a class, at least one in five of those semesters, mm. being Husband School students, even the first year seminar that I re- I haven't even rehashed this on the pod yet. We'll get to it this <laughs> summer, but... Uh, we took a first-year seminar class of horror movies, and it was an absolute blast. And this is a fun little pick at Sterling. There's a YouTube video out there. I have the link to it. We'll get to this pod this summer. Of uh, We all had to, like, recreate horror movies or create our own in, like, two to three minutes. And he, like, starred in his own horror movie. So wow. there, there's like there's two of those out there for him. I was not in his group, was unfortunately. He the, was he the like slasher? He was in one of them. Uh, nice. <laughs> he, he was kind of. They showed around campus like at dusk, him walking around a little bit and staring behind like corners of buildings and the arboretum, and then eventually he just pops up oh, wow. on him, and it's hilarious. That's great. We need to all Fres- see that. Freshman year Sterling. Now that Sterling's gone, can we all release that footage? We need to see that. <laughs> the lead footage, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the Will Burton cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we need to see your movie, too. But. <laughs> we, we, we'll get to it at some point after that. But as you know, he broke both legs in high school, still came to UNC, productive first year. He's from, I believe, Pickerington, but definitely Ohio, mm-hmm. and his girlfriend was actually also from Ohio, so I remember freshman year, she was coming down back and forth to visit, he didn't ever really get to go home, so maybe, I don't know if they're still together, I hadn't been like that close to following him this past year or two because of COVID, but maybe he's going to go back home to, a, there's plenty of Ohio basketball programs he could go to, so, yeah. there's nothing but the best for him. So, like, for Roy, I think this is a good situation for him. Um, Roy has honored his scholarship no matter the injury, no matter the lack of playing time, which, you know, is what you expect. Roy, Dean Smith always said, don't praise somebody for doing what's expected. But, you know, a lot of coaches out there are not doing what's expected. They would drop a guy if they had too many injuries. So for Roy to, you know, stay true to him, did the same with Jeremiah Francis, uh, now it's mainly kind of just looking for the best opportunity to be the best he can. And I expect him, you know, to – he could still play at a D1 school and be, you know, a contributing factor. So I'm excited to see where he goes. And this is actually a great transition to our next guy because Roy always sucked by Sterling and was really taking his injury pretty precautionary this whole time, not really rushing him out there too early to get him back in action, even though we know how good of a threat he is on the court. I even remember there was a thing going around this week uh, so basically, when LeBron was on the Miami Heat, you might have seen this too, Matt, when um, Kawhi Leonard checked into the game <laughs> in the finals, I guess it was, he just looked back, LeBron was about to shoot a free throw, turned around, saw Kawhi checking in, turned around, and I'm sure ex- whispered a, or a, mumbled a, a, an explicit, and then you know went back to shooting the free throw and was just pissed that Kawhi Leonard was already back in the game to guard, of course, LeBron James. Yeah. 
and there's a video of freshman year. I think it was like Sutton, like Dwayne Sutton, maybe. It was definitely on Louisville shooting a free throw just the same, and Sterling Manley checked in. He looked around, saw it, and he just did the exact <laughs> same reaction. So Sterling Manley can definitely um, put some fear in some people. Yeah. Hey, well, we saw it senior night this year. I mean, this man came in <laughs> and had the greatest two-minute performance I've ever seen in my life. Like, he came in, had a great uh, shot block, uh, you know, was doing things that had the Smith Center as loud as it got this year, you know, only a few games, but still. So, I love – I think he's going to be – I think he's going to be really good. And on the defensive end, I don't doubt this man is going to be a monster once he gets back out there. Yeah, and keep in mind, Duke wasn't just throwing in their scrubs at this point either. They were still pressing us, yeah. fouling us. It was completely idiotic trying to get us to 100 points, I guess. Yeah. Just like Alabama this past weekend, what they were doing with fouling late when the game was over. like Ridiculous. Yeah. Just like but, <laughs> but, yeah, Sterling mainly showed, especially how dominant he was then too, and just completely tore up Coach K. But now Aunt Harris put out an Instagram post 20 hours ago from right now, so he says in the caption, I really waited my turn, if only you knew, with the butterfly emoji, dot, dot, dot. In a Carolina uniform, let's make it, uh, he had the Carolina uniform on. You could take that many different ways. Let me tell you why I think this is a sign that Aunt Harris is coming back and that Andrew Playtick is moving on. Um, first of all, he is in a uni- Carolina uniform. I don't see the reason to post yourself in a Carolina uniform if you're thinking about leaving. Second, pretty much everybody on the team commented. Um, third, a lot of the players on the team posted it on their story. So I feel like there's something there that maybe is saying, hey, maybe this is his announcement. Very descriptive, very you know hard to really get to the bottom of it. But as a hopeful Carolina fan, as a hopeful student, I must say that Maybe Anthony Harris unofficially announced last night that he could be coming back next year and will play a huge part on the Carolina team next year. Yeah, there's no way that he would have posted this and guys wouldn't have at least reached out if they, if not already knew what this was about. Yeah. So I'm totally confident that he's going to be coming back, which is great news. And Roy, just like Sterling Manley, really uh, was cautious about putting him back on the court. And Roy says how he's scared every time Aunt Harris even goes to the floor. So at times I was worried that Aunt Harris felt like Roy was just too protective over him and felt like he just needed to get off to a new start and really test his um, ability again. But it seems like he really appreciates everything that Roy, the program, has done for him. So he's going to be sticking around. Um, even Cole Anthony was saying, my dog, let's work. Yeah. Um, R.J. Davis was doing OMG. Uh, Christian Keeling throwback says it's your time for sure Puff Johnson my guy even Luca Garza comments the emoji 100 oh wow Luca Luca come on for that fifth year brother come on to the heel hey he's sitting home just like the best of us he's got plenty of time to comment so I hope he's back we know Ant will be a big part of this team next year I'm guessing he will not be on any limited time restriction he will be one of the top three guards on the team, I'm guessing. Um, he's going to be a def- – I, ex- I still expect to see him as a, a big-time defensive player for, you know, a, a very good North Carolina team. So that's exciting. And that's, you know, in a week where we were all scared a little bit, Caleb Love 
and his announcement, his unofficial announcement, are a little bit of good news for Carolina fans. Yeah, that's great. So, what do you think Armando would be doing after all this news? Yeah. He's the only guy we haven't heard of. I'm going to say no news is good news for now on Mondo. Uh, from what I hear, there could be no announcement for Mondo. There could be just him coming back. And, at, at the you know, when we had this last podcast, there were mumbles that he would be gone, that he wasn't happy. And they weren't undue. I mean, you know, his dad tweeted, and it looked like there was some ha- unhappiness there. I would say, from what I've heard, the exit interviews with all the players went well. Um, obviously not with Kessler, but Kessler was gone before even. It wasn't even an exit yeah, well, it didn't matter. Yeah. So, Caleb loves staying. Definitely is going to play a role. I would think that him and Mondo are probably friends. I mean, they're around, you know, only one class difference. I would say for now, if I had to guess, Mondo is going to be testing the NBA waters only for the thing of trying to get some feedback on what he needs to improve on. And I'm hopeful that Mondo will come back now that the team's looking better and better. What do you think, Will? Do you think he comes back? or? Yeah, I mean, it, also part of this might have been thinking, oh, I'm going to get so much attention maybe if I test the transfer portal waters a little bit before I actually announce. And it also could have been a situation kind of like Caleb Love that the schools that they were expecting would maybe reach out to him didn't necessarily reach out. Yeah. Uh, the situations would not be significantly better. Um, and really what could be better for – Armando than playing at UNC where big men dominate, especially with his skill set. There's not really many other schools that would utilize him. I don't think there's any school that would utilize him like UNC has to get the most out of him. So I really think it's in his best interest to come back. Um, It is kind of interesting that we've gotten to the point where even guys like Ant Harris, who didn't even start this season, I don't know if he started even one game, has to announce that he's coming back. But... (laughs) um, you would expect Mondo to do something because he's heard all the noise about what's going on with his dad and um, voicing all this displeasure. So I would expect something to come yeah. in the next few weeks. But, I mean, we got plenty of time. I think the NBA draft is like – or the combine's like late July. Like it's yeah. it's on down the road a little bit. But they do have to make the decision pretty soon. Well, I mean, if you're going to the transfer portal, which I don't think he'll do, if he leaves Carolina, I think he will try to go to the league. Um, which he won't be drafted because he's not in any mock drafts really, but maybe just G League and hoping he'll work his way up. Because uh, Transfer Portal now has a 1,000 people in it, and a lot of these teams are already moving. I mean, Kansas just got uh, you know a player today. Um, uh, Kentucky signed Kellen Grady yesterday. So it's like, you know, if he is getting in Transfer Portal, I truly believe he'd announce that uh, either very soon, I mean, if he hasn't announced it already. But in terms of the transfer portal, Will, it seems like Roy is making some phone calls. And one of those phone calls have been to Noah Locke, which is, uh, you know, he plays at Florida. He was a junior. And he said he's heard from Carolina. And this would be a big pickup because Roy said uh, from a reporter I heard that he's looking for a stretch four and a score in the offseason whether by the transfer portal or recruiting. And Noah Locke is a scorer. He, um, he averaged 10 points per game this year, but he had 17 points and four rebounds in their last game against Oral Roberts. And if you're scoring 17 at Florida, then, I mean, you know, Florida's a high, you know, SEC school. 
So he definitely can do that at Carolina. So I'm excited about that, Will. Yeah, junior 6'3 yard. Um, I really like hadn't seen him play or anything like that before, but if Roy is looking for like the shooter, like stretch four guy also, <clears throat> this can be really good for us. We could use it uh, scoring, spacing court, like all this stuff. Um, I don't know how it would necessarily go over with other guys on the team, like how, for example, Ant Harris would feel about that coming in, or the um, freshman, like where would Noah Locke fit in in the hierarchy of getting minutes and everything. But um, he probably has some other good options, but at least at least we're testing the waters a little bit and seeing what we can do. Yeah, I, I'm not too hopeful in this one. If I mean, if we have RJ and Caleb and him, I mean, we're deep. You know, we're deep. And, and, and then you got to go shooting court position because Kerwin, even though I'm hoping Kerwin's played at that small forward position next year, Kerwin plays that shooting guard position too. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're stacked, uh, which means some guys aren't going to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but here's another guy yeah. that we could get. So that stretch four or stretch five is looking like Marquette Ford. Uh, he was committed to Marquette, but, you know, they fired Wojo. Sorry, Wojo. Um, and his name is Jonas Adu. He decommitted in the last couple of days. And he said Roy was the first phone call he received after decommitment. And he's from North Carolina. He's a 6'11 center, four-star, um, and can shoot the ball. And, you know, from what I hear, maybe we're playing more of a, you know, a five-out, four-out, one-in offense next year where a lot of guys can shoot. So I see Roy being interested in that. And Will, uh, Caleb loves dad. <laughs> He's back. So what did he do? We, we got tweet notifications on Caleb loves dad on the Carolina Way pod. We don't follow him yet. We're still yeah. a little yeah. salty with him. Yeah. Um, but we, we keep a notice on this all the time. He's basically my alarm clock. Yeah. <laughs> so Caleb loves dad. Tweeted, I know a fit. He tweeted back at Marquette Ford and said, I know a fit. Listen, he's definitely working overtime to try to get back into the hearts of Carolina fans. And I respect the grind, okay? I respect it. So, obviously, I don't know if Caleb Love knows um, Jonas Adu or not, but it's looking like this could really be a guy we get. Honestly, I think from what it seems like is – we're definitely going to be one of the top teams that, that have a chance for him. And now, Will, we've talked so much rumors and transfer and everything else. The Carolina basketball program is looking better, but let's talk about college basketball as a whole and March Madness. What do, what do you think about the games? I mean, we haven't talked about March Madness since we've been put out of the, out of the <laughs> tournament. So what do you think? Yeah, uh, we haven't talked too much. I've been watching here and there. All these Cinderellas over the weekend got started getting bounced. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Arkansas beats Oral Roberts, right? Yep. yep. And then you have um, Syracuse going out big to Houston. Yeah. Um, and then there was one other team that had a chance. Um, so you had uh, or uh, Houston yeah, Oregon beat State. Oregon State. Yeah, that's right. Oregon State. And then you had uh, now you tonight we have UCLA Michigan, mm-hmm. and we have Gonzaga USC. Now I know that everyone falls in love with saying like, 
oh my bracket's busted like it's terrible and all this stuff but in all honesty everybody like everyone's bracket basically isn't all that bad you probably have two of the four final four teams which yeah. if you start just if you get rid of all the rankings and everything if you start with 68 teams you're picking basically 64 from then on if you got two of the final four you're doing good. well in terms of everyone else i guess you're doing average yeah. i guess but it's not all that crazy yeah, yeah. we have gonzaga one seed that's had no competition so far they i mean i They've been covering in every game they played. Michigan, the one seed, I tried to pick a little upset with Florida State, upsetting them, no chance. Their one seed, Alabama's bounced. So now um, Michigan, another one seed, might be getting into the Final Four. Houston, two seed, a little scare last night. Yeah, Houston, I know you, were you want to talk about no competition. I mean, Houston has that. <laughs> and I love, I'm pulling for Houston more than anybody in this tournament because in a minute, will I say let's go ahead and make our picks. But first, Houston – is the first time, the first team ever to play, to never play a single-digit team until the Final Four. And, I mean, good for them. I don't know. They must have been, I mean, they have some good luck or whatever. I thought Sister Jean was bringing the good luck, but they must have their own <laughs> Sister Jean. But, so that was interesting. But, yeah, they did have a little scare last night with Oregon State. And then you have Baylor one seed. Yeah. So you get through all the chaos and everything. And, of course, um, I didn't pick the exact – ranking of it all, but I did have, I guess just like everyone else, like the two out of four, I had Gonzaga getting to the Final Four and Baylor getting in as well. Sorry, Tar Heel Nation, but <laughs> it's strictly business when it comes just to the Carolina Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> trying not to have us pay $25 and trying to carry our bracket. I'm trying to find, I'm looking right quick, Will, to find out who's, uh, who's number one in our bracket challenge group. So, well, it looks like J, J Russ Beer Us Five is number one in the Carolina Way Pod group right now, but if you look at the max, which is really what you should probably be going by at this point, the max is and well, I don't know if you know this, but I don't know C Clip One Four. I don't know any of these. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you guys listen. I'm glad you joined. We love it. Um, but you're looking like you may could be the big time winner. Um, right now so we'll see who ends up winning that will and then we'll get you you know your due prize that you've earned yeah i i, I started off so strong uh really carrying our podcast a little bit in the in the picks like tied for first leading in points but um i've just faltered too much over the past week so now i'm kind of dropped out um i, I hope these people are listeners i hope they just didn't join like a random group online that's that was like Carolina way, like UNC fans and whatever. So if that's the case, the the one we can get in contact with, whether you be second, third, whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going down yeah, the list. If we so. can, we'll give you like a you know three four days, and then if you don't, we'll move on to the next one. But. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll be posting on Instagram, Twitter, yeah. on the pod. So don't worry if you, if you would have won, you will be contacted. Yeah, if you're a listener and you won, then you will get your prize. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Um, so will let's go ahead and make our picks though. Um, do you want to go on who's going to win the game tonight, or do you want to just go straight championship? I guess we can say like what our final four matchups are, okay. and I'll kind of take care of that. Okay. Um, and then go on to the championship and who you got, and maybe a score. Okay, so the games tonight, I'm gonna go Michigan, USC. <laughs> 
<laughs> Clowns. <laughs> Have you not City. been watching ba- basketball? Oh, no, I've been watching, Matt. brother. I've been watching, but USC's a scary. The Mobley brothers aren't nothing to play with. I'm going Michigan, USC, and clown me all you want, Tar Heel Nation. Um, and then after that, I have in the national championship, Michigan, Baylor. And I have Michigan winning the national championship this year, even without Isaiah Livers, which tells yeah. you how good of a team they truly are. Yeah, I kind of discounted Michigan a little bit when I saw that injury. That's why I thought maybe Florida State would have yeah. the depth over them. Michigan's looking strong. Um, call me a homer, not even a homer, but going chalk. But gotta go Gonzaga. Gotta go until they lose. <laughs> oh yeah, so, they haven't lost yet. So I mean, I would would like to see Mark Few get a championship. I didn't want to see him win one that was undefeated season though, because I think a recent, like some recent UNC teams could be in be competitive with this Gonzaga team but helped out by not having any tight games because of their conference so they're not even one of the greatest teams even though they're undefeated but with the competition they have in the tournament and how things have fallen they they really might um, avoid avoid a lot of uh, some of these tough games so I have Gonzaga playing Michigan it's going to be a great game I don't know Really, who's going to win that one? So I'm going to have to side with Gonzaga. Who his That's might, really the national championship. Let's all be real if that I, game happens. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I feel like. And then Baylor. I'm going to have Baylor, of course, in the natty, just waiting in the sidelines uh, for that game to be over. Um, and then I got Gonzaga taking down Baylor 87-81. Mm. Oh, you want, a, you want a score, Will? Yeah. Okay, I'll give you uh, Michigan over Baylor – 76 to 68. There you go. Um, I want Houston to win more than anybody, but I wanted to give my realistic take on it. Yeah, what's um, your connection with Houston? Yeah, so uh, their coach, uh, Sampson, Kelvin Sampson, uh, from went to the college, UNCP, which is right around about 15 minutes away from where I live. And, you know, we've always heard great stories of Kelvin Sampson. He's gotten some trouble in the past, but he's always been something we brag about. Uh, around the area and we're just proud to have somebody you know representing our small little small little town and stuff so yeah i'm excited i, I would love for him to win but that baylor team is no joke build a statue build a statue oh we'll build we, a statue we want there. a statue for this man yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he uh he played basketball at uncp and baseball and was really good so a two-sport athlete two-sport athlete so will well hold on sorry one okay, more thing okay. before we get into it um my favorite thing in the whole weekend was when my old Chicago <laughs> oh, lost. Yeah, Barstool Chicago put out a picture of Sister Jean. Um, you know, she was wearing her Letterman jacket, of course, which is the L of Viola. Except it's not Sister Jean. They photoshopped the crying Jordan face onto Sister Jean. Still has Sister Jean's hair. And then she, had, she, of course, is wearing the Letterman jacket. But then she's holding another L of Viola in her hands. She doesn't, she doesn't deserve this, Will. She doesn't deserve this. Y'all got to get off her back. Tough, tough L. Her team every year it defies expectations, and we still we still put the cry in Jordan face on this woman. <laughs> Let her live. But I digress. <laughs> I digress. Tar Heels in the NBA, you know it, you love it, the Carolina Way Pod moment and player of the week. Which got for us, Matt? Oh, man. The, these were easy, Will. 
these were truly easy. You know, we have tough times some weeks picking these guys, but the moment of the week this week was Harrison Barnes, guys. And if you haven't heard about it, look it up because Harrison Barnes hit the game winner against Cleveland. Uh, the Kings won 198, and he had 16 points, 11 rebounds. I'm talking about buzzer beater, game winner. It was an awesome thing. It was a, you know, they had to make a, did they have to make a full court pass, Will? They did. Full court pass. Uh, he called it, looked really similar to, similar to a shot LeBron hit uh, a few years ago. Um, almost fading out of bounds. It was a beautiful like right shot. Right where the coach is, basically, yeah. not even um, at the bench or anything like that. Yeah. Very deep. Very deep. Uh, range. Big time shot. Harrison Barnes continues to do what. You know, I feel like we mention him every other week, honestly, at this point, but the Black Falcons has always been clutch. Was at, was clutch at Carolina, hit a game winning shot versus Florida State. So he's just going That's where right. he's always That's been. That's right, yeah. Now, the reason why Matt's not doing this one because <laughs> don't do it too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna gotta rub it in for right now because the Celtics lost his eye on last night when we opened up the garden to fans. Our player of the week is Danny Green, but it's almost because of what he did in one game, which is on Friday against the Lakers. <laughs> And we're playing back in L.A. <laughs> Sorry, I said we. Oh, <laughs> not, oh wow. I, um, we, <laughs> not a 76ers fan, supporter at That's all. That's a bad look. I'm, like, I'm <laughs> assuming you're doing that because of Carolina. I'm Danny. doing that for Danny Green, who is, I think, the only UNC player on the court for this game. So that's why I said Danny Green. And, wow, and that's we. true. That might be so, true. That gets me to a point of wanting to do little matchups of the players. Let's get to that after this. Okay. Danny Green, revenge game against the Lakers. Let's be honest, folks. In the bubble, Danny Green was subpar. Before the bubble, even worse, because we were saying he's going to be better in the bubble. Um, had not had a great last season for the Lakers, but he won a championship. Yeah. So he got his ring. I believe Dwight Howard, he also got his ring this night as well. So it was a little ceremonial. But... Danny Green didn't want to stop there. The 76ers win, but Danny Green has 19 points on, um, I believe it's 9 of 14. Sorry, 28 yeah, points. Yeah, I was about to say, you're yeah. discounting him. Sorry, that was after 3. 28 points, 9 of 14 shooting, but it, he went 8 of 12 from 3. It just... Cooking, he's hitting all the threes in one game now. <laughs> yeah, he didn't hit eight threes in the bubble last year. I don't think, guys. Uh, you know, actually, the Lakers fans. Listen, I'm a LeBron fan, so I, I, you know, I pull for the Lakers. Lakers fans can be really tough. Will they gave Danny Green a little bit too much uh, crap last year for being bad? He deserved this revenge game. I just wish he could have had the revenge game, and the Lakers still won. But you know, it is what it is. This man went absolutely off, though. And then the next night they played the Clippers, and he had 17 points, yeah. and still shot great from three. He was five and nine. I mean, this man shooting close to dang 60 percent from three <laughs> a week. At this yeah, point. yeah. I'm glad to see he's in form, playing yeah. well. Yeah, he's been uh, Danny once again. Like Danny's won a, a few awards this year. We've given him a few awards. So these are, you know, at this point, these guys are becoming every every week guys. And uh, the best thing of all is he donated a million dollars. To the program. Yeah. He deserved yeah, he deserved a big game. So he, he needs some some good mojo after all that. He's, so. he's having to make some more money after giving so much away. <laughs> <laughs> he's to get that contract. Yeah, that's right. 
Uh, moving on, uh, we've talked good. You know, we've talked basketball. Will it's time to move on? What we all are excited about? A little bit of football, a little bit of Mac Brown Nation. Uh, we had UNC football pro day this week, Will, and Steve Smith and Dre Bly were. Uh, Steve Smith works for the NFL Network, so he was on the campus, and they were talking a little bit of uh, trash. Will you want to talk about that? Yeah, I love seeing it on Twitter leading up to Steve Smith coming in. Uh, he's never been to Chapel Hill at all, which actually kind of makes sense. But um, as people that can't imagine never being at Chapel Hill after being here a few years, it's, it's crazy for us to believe that someone hasn't experienced Chapel Hill. Yeah. But he comes in, um, tweeted about excited to like, experience Chapel Hill and everything, and Dre Bly just comes right at him very, very... Uh, <laughs> Straight to the point and says, you know, bring the cleats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight up. <laughs> and, you know, nothing about, oh, great to have you. Just, like, bring, make sure you lace yeah. up. So then Steve Smith came back at him, and I don't have the tweet pulled up, but it was something to effect of, you know, I'm not going to smoke you in front of your kids, all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Can't make you look bad, but you know what I'm all about. And then Dre Bly, you know, liked the message, and um, UNC football made sure to capitalize on that and had Steve Smith all over our Social media pages, Dre, um, Nature, Mac, uh, mm-hmm. getting pictures with them and um, interacting. I think we even had Dre by talking to uh, like Deami Brown at one point in one of the pictures, right? So great, just even getting some advice from one of the greats. And one thing that's crazy is one of your friends, um, he's a football manager on the team, posted a picture with him as well. Yeah. And it's crazy because this guy is almost the same height as Steve Smith. Yeah. And then I looked it up and Steve Smith was like 5'6", 5'7", 5'8". And I was like, you're kidding me. Uh, yeah, I saw Steve Smith actually took a few pictures with people on campus. And, man, most people were towering over yeah, this man, like individual. Because, yeah, he five seven, I'm 5'7", Will. Uh, my friend TP, he's probably around 5'7". And, yeah, he's definitely at least, he, no taller than 5'7". I'll, I'll say that. So for him to be that dominant, that shows, I mean, like a number one receiver dominant. <laughs> how much you know he I mean. worked. I mean, how much this man worked and how fast he was. First of all, I mean, he has to have a crazy forty time. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yes, yeah, speaking of forties, this is what we were all here for. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we wanted to see what everyone's forty time was. Yep. Get on the bench. I I know. Uh, I think Diami had the best uh, just overall pro dance scene, and we know what Diami's capable of. But Diami ran a four four six forty. There's different times. He definitely ran a four four forty, which is you know that's amazing. I mean that, that's crazy speed. So Diami really uh, had a great show, and pretty much all the guys did great. Javante, um, you know they even said Sam had a little bit of his own pro day, even though Sam's not going pro. They said guys <laughs> were out there watching him. Scouts were watching him. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So uh, it, it seemed like a great show. Honestly, it's just good for the football program. Because it's on NFL Network, Max on TV all day speaking. Like, for how what our program looked like four years ago to what it looks like now, just it's awesome to see a pro day like this and how good our program's doing. Yeah, it was all positive. Devontae Williams, Michael Carter, Chas Surratt, Daz Newsom, Deami Brown. These are our gems of the year, like great guys. And I'm really glad to see them like in the spotlight. So many teams coming in, scouts looking at them. Yep. Um, and I thought that was a little funny about Sam Howell, too, that I'm sure guys, some of these scouts were trying to write some notes on 
how he was looking out there too. Yeah, I'm sure um, they were wondering why is a team why you know why are the uh, teams out here that don't need a running back or, or don't need a receiver? Why are they out? Here? Oh wait, they're just getting a year ahead. Yeah, exactly. Just uh, you know maybe see if they can go home and tell their coach they made eye contact with Sam Howell. Yeah. Because today at Alabama's pro day, Mac Jones is throwing to all their five star first round draft pick receivers. He was overthrowing them a couple times, and mm-hmm. it was funny they cut to Belichick and. Um, uh, can't remember who was with him in the in my in the update I got. I think it might have been Josh McDaniels. Mm. I think, but it looked over after Matt Jones overthrew a receiver. You know, one of their great receivers, of course. Yeah. And Belichick was shaking his head. Oh wow, <laughs> trash. Yeah, and, and and didn't even, didn't have a mask on, so you could see it clearly. And he was just in disgust. They probably even left early. Oh. None of that happened for Carolina. Oh. This was. Yeah. I mean, your pro day could go bad just yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nobody nobody's stock was hurt by the pro day. No. If anything, most guys' stock was definitely helped uh, by the pro day. And we're gonna we're we're gonna have especially our two running backs, man. They're gonna be two of the top five running backs off the board. So for us to have two in the top five running backs in the nation, I mean, that's big itself. And yeah, these guys showed out. Yeah, um, Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network was comparing. I think it was Javante Williams to like some of the great backs in the NFL right now, seeing how easy he can like come into the next level. Yeah. I think he has him rated as the second or third best running back in the draft. Yeah. I'm sure behind Najee Harris, but then it's like Javante Williams, which yeah. is huge. Yeah. Um, I, I'm struggling to remember who he's comparing him to, but it was high praise. Yeah, I know with Javante, it's going to be it's, – it's different because he's a power back, and then you have guys like ETN who are more speed uh, backs. So with when you're drafting running backs, you know it all depends on what you want. But he – you know, I'm confident in saying he'll be a top four back chosen, and if there's a team looking for a power back right out the gate, then he very well will be the second back chosen, I would guess. Yeah, and teams also we, – we talked about this before, but they got to love that we haven't had too much wear and tear on our – running backs versus yeah. like Travis Etienne. I mean, we've been hearing – you would think he's like a six-year guy <laughs> yeah. at Clemson because we've been hearing his name every year, yeah. and he's gotten so much work. But when it comes to the NFL, like they – that's something they don't necessarily want to see is you're getting all this work mm-hmm. freshman and sophomore year. Yeah, I mean, normal running backs, even great running backs, only have honestly like a, a, a career prime of, you know, three, four years. So – yeah, that I mean, that is definitely something people are looking at. And Javante and Michael Carter, they got to you know share the load, so that's a good point. Let's talk about you know Mac Brown. He steals the show though. Well, we know Mac Brown steals the show. My favorite person on this campus at the moment right now. I, I could watch oh. <laughs> I could watch Mac Brown uh, content every day all day. So they asked him a few comments. Uh, journalists and even on the NFL Network, they asked him about the transfer portal and how you know stacked it is, just like the college basketball transfer portal. And he said that uh, he's not worried because if you get the right recruits and treat them fair, then they won't want to leave. And <laughs> this is not a false statement, I would say. If everybody's enjoying their time, they're not going to want to leave Carolina. And it truly seems like Will, uh, nobody's leaving Carolina, the football program, because they're not having a fun time. Now, guys are leaving because they obviously realize the program's taking a step up and they won't get playing time. But, man, uh, Max seems like he's had, he has a, a fun environment in the football program. Yeah, one thing that I've started liking is that Roy and Mac Brown, like, this is 
really the first year they've really jumped into it is wearing different Jordans every day. Because now I'm seeing UNC football posting things like, look what Max wearing and dressing the team. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> little things like that. Yeah. Like very subtle, but um, I think that goes a long way in creating the atmosphere that you want that it's not all uptight, like mm-hmm. um, have some personality, um, be at ease a little bit with each other. You're in an amazing indoor facility. I'm seeing them use it every day, so it's crazy that we had a time where we did not have that facility because oh, yeah. I'm sure maybe one of the reasons NFL Network came is because we have a great facility to now air our, our workouts in that we're – I don't know where they are doing it beforehand. Yeah, probably know, probably out like outside somewhere. Maybe or, on Keenan. I mean, or, right. Yeah, who yeah. knows? Maybe yeah. even at Keenan. Yeah. So that really is something that the program really needs as a whole. Um, and who wouldn't want to play for Matt Brown? Oh, man, this I'm telling you, like you said – he does, you know, a great job of just being relaxed. And, you know, he did talk about, he had a great quote, which uh, I can't remember. Um, Tony Grimes' dad loves Matt Brown more than anybody. I don't know if you follow Tony Grimes' dad on Twitter. but he's, Grimes. <laughs> he's tweeting about um, uh, Matt every day. And Matt Brown had a quote where he said, talking to his coordinators, he looked at them and he said, no wonder your players can't take criticism. You're a 50-year-old man and can't take criticism. So he talks about holding his uh, coordinators accountable. So while it is fun and everything, he's definitely holding these guys accountable. And, and you know, he puts it bluntly. And the program seems to be as serious but also playful as you can get. Those are contradicting terms, but it just seems like everybody's having fun but also know when to get serious. Yeah, from what I can tell and what I've been hearing before is that Matt Brown is extremely tough on the coordinators because no one else can hold them to a high standard except for himself. So he's always very hard on them and whatnot. And then he can get on the players and everything, but I think his top priority is to make sure the coordinators are performing at a very high level, which is how you see a guy like Robert Gillespie then move on to Mm -hmm. take the job at Alabama's running backs coach. So. There is a high level, but I think that anyone that is top of their game or want to excel, like a Tony Grimes or really anyone really in the Carolina football program, they want to be pushed like that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure they appreciate that Mac is um, giving them that sort of criticism and also encouragement yeah. that he knows that they can get to that level that he wants them to be at. For sure. Um, and then one last thing on, on football, uh, Mac mentioned a name this week that we all know his name but we're not really you know we don't know what he'll be like this year but he said Josh Downs the receiver is looking very good and Downs got some uh got some downs last year at the end of the year and and didn't look bad but you never know you know young guys coming into a new season but apparently Mac's very happy with where he's at currently and and what he's going to be for the team next year. Yeah, in the quote he said he's it's not good. He's great. Yeah. And he said he's our best receiver on the team yeah. right now. Yeah. So um I don't know. I, I hope that's good, but yeah. But there is a little <laughs> there is a little injury update. Uh Caffrey Brown, our, one of our other receivers, uh had a lower bo- body injury today. We don't know exactly what it was. They say he's only out for the rest of, like, maybe pre- or I don't know if he's out for a long time or not, but I don't know. If, I, I think they would have announced if it's, like, an ACL tear or anything like that. Maybe it's just a nagging injury that they say we're going to rest him until we finally get into, like, legit practices and things like that. Um, so 
we'll keep you updated on that. But we'll, you know, we ha- how we end the show. Um, did you want to mention anything else on football? Yeah, just one more thing. Okay. We're gonna have some football managers, some football trainers. Yep. Yep. On the t- on the pod this summer, which is going to be very exciting, leading up to football season, yep. and I've already talked to my friend that's a trainer, and he has some incredible insight on the guys. Like you can ask him about anyone on the team, coach, staff, uh, players, and he's got like the full rundown about how he likes them, yep. um, like treatment wise. Like he's interacting with these people for hours on end each day. So very excited to have those in the summer to get some more insight on who these guys are. Yeah, and we can promise those for sure. And, you know, this isn't a promise by any means. But me and Will's going to reach out and even try to get maybe a player or two to talk. I mean, we, we're not sure if they will. They'll be busy, of, of course, and stuff. But, we, you know, we're, me and Will's going to try to get the best cast possible for this summer and things like that. So y'all have that to look forward to for sure. That's right. So... Now getting into the GoFundMe sports. Yep. So glad that we have the name. Thank you again, Mr. Fitz, for making this happen for us. It's such a relief on our off our shoulders. I'm able to sleep again. I don't have three nightmares a night waking up saying, "Oh man, there's what is the have, name? What's the name? What is the name?" Yeah. No, we're, we're good to go now. So getting into it, volleyball coming off the big win um, the week before against Notre Dame, three-two after being up two-zero. A ranked Notre Dame team. They lost to Florida State two to three, five sets. And Florida State was ranked 25th. And then they also lost to Pittsburgh, ranked 19th, 3-0. Um, we're playing top competition, being ranked like that. UNC volleyball. I don't think it's been ranked in the top 25 as long as I've been a student here. Mm-hmm. So competing with these top 25 teams is definitely a challenge for us right now. Yeah. But hopefully. Um, that'll change at some point. Well, even for us to compete, you know, Notre Dame last week, I mean, mm-hmm. it shows we're making strides toward the right yeah. direction. And, and uh, you know, the ACC is obviously a good volleyball ter- uh, conference. So it's not easy, but, you know, volleyball, I expect them to be moving on up. That's right. Um, women's lacrosse, we won 18-3 to on Saturday against Mercer. We knew this was going to be pretty ugly because this was the first team UNC's played that's not ranked. (laughs) So I didn't know exactly how bad it would be. An update, it was pretty bad. Mercer got mercy ruled, basically. (laughs) So the closest thing to a mercy rule in uh, lacrosse, like most of these like time sports like this, is just having a running clock, which happened after you being up ten goals. So. They JV'd um, them pretty much. <laughs> exactly. Like and no one needed to see additional um, time after that. We didn't. They didn't. The fans yeah. that were finally allowed into the stadium, they didn't need to see it. So now we can just look ahead to this Saturday, April 3rd, against number two Syracuse. going to be very exciting. The only other team that got a first place vote in these polls. It's going to be um, so exciting to watch. Yes, it's going to be a great lacrosse weekend for women and men's, Will. That's right, because men's lacrosse, um, is playing Duke. They t- had the bye week already, so they should be well and rested because it's a very physical game. Yeah. Um, so not necessarily any rust for this, but they're playing number two undefeated Duke this Thursday at 7 o'clock on the ACC Network. So excited for this game too. This game actually might be even bigger than the women's game because Duke was preseason number one, and UNC actually just – overtook them just because of how well we were playing. So both teams have definitely a right to the number one yeah. spot. So 
And getting the rivalry factor too, it's going to be yeah. something else. I don't know where the game's being played or what the COVID you know guidelines are, but man, I'll be honest with you, Will. I might think about going to this game if it's possible. I'll be real. I mean, we we might have to link up and, and you know put on the story a little bit of if we can go. I don't know if we can go or not, or even where it's at, but we'll we'll find that information. That's right. We might have to put that uh, posted up on the, <laughs> yeah, pod, on the podcast social media. Um, softball. Unfortunately, again, we, uh, last weekend was postponed against, uh, I think it was Florida State, that series. Well, this series is now postponed against Georgia Tech. Not sure what's going on there, but that's the only update that we have right now. Um, and then baseball. So we beat ECU midway. Um, we had the episode during the pod last week. We finished off beating ECU. Coming in high, beating a top 10 team. And we get swept by NC State, who's oh. having a horrid year, actually. They're like... Going into the series like six and ten, six and eleven, makes no sense why they just ran us for three games straight. But it happened, so I'm not going to talk I about that. I think that was our first sweep of the year. I want to say. Yeah, it was definitely the first sweep of the year. First yeah. time under this coach, like it was a bunch of firsts. I I really don't get it. But anyway, we're actually playing ECU again tonight. This time at East Carolina. So. We'll and our boy Caleb right Roberts is balling. I don't know our if you've boy, seen the stats. Oh, I have seen the oh, stats. Oh, he's balling. He, basically, he's getting on base in the past like two weeks, seventy-five percent of the time. Seventy-five <laughs> percent of the time, like, come on. I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it is. Listen, I'm not saying you know I still have Caleb's number. I would love you know once the season's over to have him on the pod. I'm not saying he will. He's he's a busy man. These people, athletes, are busy people. I'm just telling you, maybe we can make it work, and that would be an awesome person to talk to uh, on the pod. That's right. But moving on, will to uh, women's soccer, who's number two in the nation. Uh, Saturday, they beat Tennessee uh, 7-0 in the first game of the year. Their games got postponed because of uh, some reasons, right, Will? And uh, because of COVID, obviously. Yeah, uh, so I didn't even count last week's game. Delaware, like, that was a game, but this is like, sorry for the, the uh, confusion. Was that but an the, exhibition? Or? Um, I think it was a regular game, but due to the minutes that I saw being played, like, uh, the starters did not play that much at all. So, okay. it actually might have been an exhibition game mm-hmm. from what I'm seeing. I don't know. But Tennessee was, like, the real competition first game of the year for yeah. us. And, yeah, go ahead. And well, also in that game, uh, we had two hat tricks. One by Pinto, who was uh, the ACC Offensive Player of the Week. And then Ruby Grant, who this is her first year uh, away from England. Playing yeah, on the team. This is absolutely huge for us. Ruby Grant just recently signed in um, November with West Ham. Before that, she was with Arsenal's women's soccer team. Got a little lot of women more connection with her being on Arsenal now. She's a freshman, people, and yes. she got a hat trick in this game. And, you know, I'm sure she also saw that Alicia Russo, um, like, had so much success at UNC. Now she's come in. I didn't even know about her previous to this game, and I follow the team quite closely. So very excited to see what she's all about in the future. Two hat-tricks are insane. Yeah, exactly. Now, the worst part about this game, and Isabel Cox, the center forward, had uh, another goal for us. The worst part about this was the stream of the game. It was on the SEC Network Plus, which is way, way worse than the ACC Network Plus by a long shot. Because there was this one announcer, didn't even have anyone else to bounce off of for the whole 90 minutes. He mispronounced our players' names the whole game, got Anson Dorrance's name wrong, 
Oh. It was terrible. And How do you get ants I, indoors? I, of course. Name, and he also called, one thing that just got on my nerves was calling us the Lady Heels. Oh, gosh. Not even like Lady Tar Heels, the Lady Heels, because, you know, Tennessee, they love the Lady Vols for the basketball uh, and everything. Yeah. So he thought, I guess, that just translates to everything. So we were the Lady Heels for 90 minutes. Wow. Plus stoppage time on this night. Uh, it, I mean, it was just absolutely terrible. You need to call terrible. us the program because we are the most dominant program <laughs> in the nation. That's what exactly. But um, we, we stomped them. Yeah. So. But moving on to uh, men's soccer, uh, we beat Notre Dame 2-1 uh, to one in overtime this week. And, you know, a big win for men's soccer. Okay. And then moving on, we have number one field hockey. Uh, this Friday they play senior night versus Duke. Um, it's at 2 p.m., and, Will, that'll be a real fun game. Yep, Duke is pretty good at field hockey, but we've always had their number. So Duke's top ten in the country. Mm. We're undefeated this season. Um, last year we had the loss to Louisville, yeah. but then we won the ACC championship over them and already beat them again this year, so we've already righted that wrong. Um, just got to continue what we're doing. I got two really good friends on the team for their senior nice. day. So, very excited to see that game. Yeah, they're on a rampage. I mean, they've been great all year. And then we go on to tennis, and guys, we know we all year we've been talking about tennis and how we've dominate, dominated tennis. But men's tennis has moved to number two in the nation for number one because they did lose to number four, Virginia, um, you know, their first loss. But they bounced back and beat Virginia Tech after uh, seven to zero. So men's tennis, although they they fumbled a little bit, I expect them they'll get their revenge. I don't know if they play Virginia again, but you know they'll see them at the end of the year. If Virginia can last. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and at least for like ACC tournament and whatnot. So yeah. yeah. Um, and then number one's women's tennis, and these women they've been dominating for a while now because they won the indoor. No, the men won the indoor championship, right? They both. They both won the indoor championship. So. They've just continued to win, and they beat Notre Dame 7-0 this week and beat Virginia Tech 4-1. to Yeah, both teams had Virginia Tech's number, yeah. a combined, let's see, 11-1 score, just amazing. And ended it up for us, fencing. We haven't been able to get too much coverage on them because I just haven't seen um, like them put out too much information. But this past weekend they had the NCAA championships, and we finished sixth in this which is huge it's our best record or I guess best finish yeah. in the NCAAs of all time yeah uh, I know the ACC had a number of schools finish in the top 10 and this was big for the Carolina fencing program it seems like they're really uh, you know I don't know the history too much but obviously they're getting better and better if that was their best finish ever yeah that's I mean that's great I think in fellow like pseudo ACC school won Notre Dame yeah um, Duke had their best finish ever. Boston College did as well. So, really happy that our team had a great finish to the year. So Yeah, ACC moving on up in fence. Yeah, it look at like that. A bit. <laughs> but, uh, Will, it's been a, a great week. We are relaxed. We're not worried too much. You know, we came to you last week, didn't even have the intro music. The intro music will be back. Um, it's a great week to be a Tar Heel. I expect we'll have some better news, some more clarity on the basketball program next episode. And see you next week.